The following is a paid program, and the views expressed on this show do not represent the views of WJZ AM, Intercom Communications, its sponsors, or affiliates. Get ready, Baltimore. It's time for some super slams and beatdowns. We've got the cheap shots and the clean finishes. Watch out for the chair. Oh, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> this is Top of the Road. Your Monday night wrestling show on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, here's the enforcer. Baltimore's own, Kill Kuda Jr. Welcome to Top of the Rope, ladies and gentlemen. Man, did that, is that look out for the chair never been more appropriate for today's show. One of the biggest topics of the week was a certain chair shot that took place at AEW's Fighter Fest. Now, I, I may be late to the party on this, but I just realized this. It was actually thanks to a thanks to a tweet by Noel Foley, daughter of hardcore legend Mick Foley, which was I never made it to Firefest, but I went to Fighter Fest. All I was missing was a cheese sandwich. Now, for those of you who don't know, or who may not have Netflix or whatever, or maybe if you haven't seen it, and I'm not going to spoil anything, I'm just going to tell you what it is. There is a documentary on Netflix called Firefest, the greatest concert that never happened. And it's a story about this young, eccentric, millionaire, almost billionaire guy who wanted to put on the biggest show ever on an island in the Pacific or something. And he had Ja Rule helping him and all this stuff. And none of it worked ever because realistically, he didn't have any of the money he said he did to put the thing on. Right. And it was called Firefest. F-Y-R-E Fest. AEW show on Saturday was called Fighter Fest. Same spellings with an R on it. Fighter Fest. So part of me is wondering, is this really AEW's sense of humor? Like, we're just going to try this and put on... I don't know. I, I really I li- don't know. I like it. I like how Yeah, they, I like how they tried it. I like Why how not? they're kind of trolling because, uh, yeah, that, you know, him and Ja Rule, that guy had no idea what he was doing. No, but that, but that's my question, yeah. though, is is it was it a troll or even if it wasn't, was it unintentional? That's true. Did they just unintentionally do this? One wonder. One wonders. Yes, sure. I'm makes, very curious. Makes the mind wander, yeah. I'm very curious about that. But it was a, it was a pretty good show. <gasps> I can hear the tweets being clicked in now. He said pretty good and not great about AEW. How dare you? Because that's what it was. It was a pretty good show. Look, this show is reviews aplenty, okay? You know why? Friday was Ring of Honor Best in the World. I know that because it was at the UMBC Event Center here in Baltimore. I was there. I went with Turnbuckle Topic's very own Ron Musto Jr. and Linz. By the way, you have not lived until you sit next to Linz when Marty Skrull comes out in person. You have never heard shrieking like that, ladies and gentlemen. She is a fan. Trust me. And I'll get to that. I will tell you the experience. Because I'm just going to kind of jump around. I'm not really going to go in any particular order. Because in the second segment, I am going to open phone lines for you guys. Because I have a really, really big question that everyone's already asked. But I want you to have the opportunity to give the, the answer. So let's start with some Fighter Fest stuff. First, they had the pre-show on the buy-in. And two members of SCU, SoCal Uncensored, which was represented by Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, took on the best friends and private party in a three-way tag team match. I gave the match an 8 out of 10. They were awesome. The best friends went over. Private party showed everything they can do. Incredible athleticism, amazing potential for those young guys. The best friends have a great gimmick going right now. I, I just I like how they work things. I love how the entire crowd waits for there to be a lull enough in the match where they can hug each other because they're the best friends. That's part of their gimmick. And of course, SCU is just, man, they've all been doing this for so long. I'm Scorpio's the young cat in there, but he wrestles like a 20-year vet. I mean, they're, they're just awesome. They, they never miss on anything. But the best friends go over. So I'm, I'm not too upset about that. The best friends have been getting a pretty good push in AEW, even though they've only had a couple shows so far. They're, they're getting a pretty good push in AEW. So I give that one 8 out of 10. Good match. Then Allie faced one of the two librarians. Because there are two librarians now. There's a male one and a female one. 
an alley who used to wrestle in Impact Wrestling. Shout out to Chris Panero, beard face. He knows more about her than I could ever hope to. Allie went over. Shocking. I don't see this librarian gimmick being a winning gimmick at first. I'm, <laughs> I, I don't. But it was a pretty good match. They did well enough for themselves. They, they put a good face on for the ladies, and, and they certainly showed their talent out big time in AEW. But this match was not anything to gawk over, so I gave it a 6 out of 10. Uh, I, that might be a little harsh, but uh, it wasn't anything terribly impressive to me. I'm happy Allie found somewhere to land. I'm happy she's making good money. She'll get a good push when the women's title comes out and the women's division really gets into gear. I'm sure she'll be a nice part of things. Then we had Michael Nakat Nakat Nakazawa take on Alex Jabaley in one of the weirdest slash ugliest no DQ street fight type matches I've ever seen. We had things like Nakazawa getting body slammed into a kiddie pool. We had things like Alex Jabaley being thrown onto a bunch of Legos as a spot. We had the conventional Michael Nakazawa baby oil spots. All of those things. Nakazawa went over. Look, I'm sorry. I understand the comedy side of this. I get what they were going for. And the wrestling was decent enough but i still gave it a four out of ten it was just there were just moments where i was thinking man just just hit the finish i gotta be honest it it, it wasn't an embarrassment by any means but it, it was just a little bit too silly for me i mean i'm all for comedy wrestling but it's got to be a certain type of comedy wrestling i'll say that yano gets me orange cassidy is great because cassidy is a lot more overt it seemed like here they were really trying to bridge the gap of like, hey, this is funny, but it's also still wrestling that needs to be taken somewhat seriously. Orange Cassidy is completely overt. He doesn't care if it looks good wrestling or not. He's just trying to be funny, and I admire that. I'd rather you go 100% than go 70% and try to remind people, hey, we can still wrestle, if you get what I'm saying. So I gave that a 4 out of 10. Sorry. Then we get to the main card where Christopher Daniels, the fallen angel, took on Sema, formerly from CMLL. I believe he's full-time with AEW now. And those two had an 8 out of 10 match. Sema went over, which was the good call. Daniels doesn't need to be going over on anybody. He's got his respect. He's untouchable. He'll always be an opponent that people want to face. It was a good way to get Sema a nice push. They heck of an opener. Very well done. Daniels, he ain't going to lose anytime soon. And Steam has got potential through the roof. So I got no problems with that one. Then we had a triple threat match between the ladies where Nyla Rose, Riho, and Yuka Sakazazi. I don't think I got that right. So she's Yuka for now. I'm still trying to learn it, man. It's a new, it's a new, it's a new promotion. Okay. And Yuka went over to get the win. That was a nine out of 10 match. Those ladies pulled some crazy spots. Nyla Rose is unreal talented, crazy athletic, especially for her size. Like that's when when somebody who's that broad can move like she can. And I don't just mean I just mean period. That's it's very impressive. She's got a heck of a future ahead of her. Riho, she's been wrestling since she was nine. It showed, and I think I think Yuka's got potential to be maybe the first women's champion in AEW. Maybe she does. I'm just not sure because we, we haven't seen how that's going to shape itself yet. But these ladies did awesome. It was one of the best matches of the night. I give it a 9 out of 10. Then MJF, a.k.a. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, who many people consider the best heel in the business these days. Don't worry. I'll get to that in a second. Faced off against Jungle Boy, Hangman Page, and Jimmy Havoc. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Very solid match. Hangman Page went over. Shocking. They're setting him up to be the first AEW champion. I didn't expect him not to. I expected him to win this match. What was cool about this match is Jimmy Havoc, who is a great all-around talent, he's made his name as a deathmatch wrestler. His calling card is a deathmatch guy. But to just see him in a regular Fatal 4-Way like this and just totally kill it was awesome. The guy's a next-level talent, Jimmy Havoc in any way, shape, or form. But his calling card is a death match. But it was cool to see him in this type of match. I'm not surprised Paige won, though. They're setting up Paige for the big one. So they did very well for themselves. Now, like I said, people think MJF might be the best heel in the business today. I don't know if I can give him that yet. Look, he's a talented heel. He's very good at making people hate him. Here's the problem. The reaction to him hating, to him making 
you try to hate him is half booze and half cheers because he's very entertaining. I mean, he's so good at making you hate him that a lot of people like him because he's good at making you hate him. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Reaction is reaction. But if we're talking heels that act like heels and get heel reactions, no, you are not number one in the business right now. You're not. That is a that is a two-way tie right now between Bully Ray and, drumroll, wait for it, yes, Baron Corbin. Deal with it. Because he is. He's one of the best in the business right now. Everybody hates him. Everybody hates Baron Corbin. I don't like Baron Corbin. Because he's a good heel. I'm not supposed to like him. Bully Ray's different. I like Bully Ray, but that guy's, man, it's it's weird. He, here's how I'll describe Bully Ray to me personally. Here's the example I can give. Bully Ray, to me, is what... He, he is what Heinz Ward was to me when Heinz Ward was in the NFL. Because I couldn't stand Heinz Ward. Me and my father said this all the time. We couldn't stand Heinz Ward, but we would take him in a second. That's how we thought. Man, I hate that guy, but I'd take him in a second. That's Bully Ray for me. I can't stand him, but I, I'd hire him in a second. You better believe it. Corbin, I just can't stand him in any way, shape, or form. And that's because he's very good at what he does. He's a heel. MJF isn't on that level yet. Yeah, he's a talented heel. Yeah, he knows how to talk trash. Fine. And he'll get better as he goes. But he's not on that level yet. Absolutely not. He's not on Champa's level level yet either. But Champa's similar to MJF in that aspect. Because Champa had fans. He was such a good heel. He had fans. See, that's the idea. Champa has fans. MJF has fans, but he's a heel. Bully Ray doesn't have fans. Baron Corbin is one of the most despised people in the entire wrestling world, if not the most despised. So no, MJF is not number one. I don't even think he's in the conversation yet. Top 10, top five? Yeah, sure, maybe. But not number one. Not right now. I'll give him time. I'm not saying he, has, he doesn't have the potential. He absolutely has the potential to be there. But I haven't seen enough of him yet. Also, because I love being this guy, when that network TV deal kicks in, because remember, they filed the copyright for a show called Wednesday Night Dynamite. And I believe it's going to be an 8 p.m. start. So th- think about this. They've been doing pay-per-view shows and promoting on the internet. Kind of got free reign to do what you want. Are you going to have free reign to do what you want when you're on network television in the middle of the week at 8 p.m.? No. Now, I'm not saying they can't pull it off. I think they're talented guys, and I think they have the right idea in AEW. But it is going to change how the product works. That's why sometimes I'm cautious about how they're going 100 miles an hour doing all this crazy stuff that they know they can get away with right now. When the TV deal kicks in, they're not going to be able to get away with most of it. So I'm curious. Now, I'm not expecting every show on network TV to be like a fighter fest pay-per-view. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But you have to keep that aura alive. Let's keep going on the card here. Cody Rhodes faced a young man named Darby Allen. Now, if you don't know who Darby Allen is, uh, I think Ron Musso said it best. He's one of the quickest men in the ring I've ever seen. Ever. He's also completely and totally insane in the spots he will take. Darby Allen will take the most ridiculous bumps. He will get hit with any object. He will go through anything. Tables, barbed wire, light tubes, you name it, he will take that bump. He is insane, that young man. And him and Cody Rhodes had a very good match. Wasn't all that bloody, a couple crazy spots. Darby Allen did one spot. I'm going to describe this for you. YouTube it or whatever, but I'm going to describe this for you. Cody was out on the apron, right? The edge of the ring, which, sorry for overusing this, but it is the hardest part of the ring. I know they say that a million times, but come on. And Cody moved out of the way, right? Whoop. Darby Allen still made the elbow drop and landed just, just flat-backed on the apron with nothing. In, it was a rough-looking bump. He was okay. He was totally fine. But he'll take that bump. 
And I admire that about the guy. And they had an awesome match. And guess who won? Nobody. Because it went to a time limit draw. Now here comes me being who I like to be. No, the time limit draw did not help either of them. It did not make the match any better. It didn't. A 20-minute time limit draw. So you mean to tell me you're going to have basically a quarter of a death match with a bunch of nut spots and your time limit is only 20 minutes and one of the guys in it is one of the executive vice presidents of the company? You really don't think he should have said, yeah, let's make this 30. Really? Okay, because I don't think it helped anybody. If Darby went over on Cody, that would have been huge. It would have clouded the nepotism argument huge. It would have given Darby an awesome push. He would have been validated for a lot of things. And if Cody went over, then the nepotism angle is alive and well, even if it was a great match. Yeah, I don't, come on, man. It's just, uh, I, I don't I don't get it. I don't, I don't get the time limit draw. I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, they had an awesome knock them down, drag them out, old school style brawl that ended in the 10. That's what it was. It was a tribute to all those old matches. Here's the problem. It was 20 minutes, not 60. Yeah, I'll nitpick on that. Okay? You, you, you ain't Flair and Mulligan going 60 minutes six times a week. All right, guys? I'm not saying you didn't do awesome because you did. It was a nice tribute to the old fellas. Trust me. But no, the timeline draw didn't help anything. Why wouldn't you advance storyline? And then the biggest talked about point when it comes to Fighter Fest. After the match was over, Sean Spears runs down to the match. By the way, if you don't know who that is, he used to be in WWE as Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10. Now he's in AEW as Sean Spears. Spears comes in with a chair and absolutely caves in Cody's skull with a chair. And Cody took, as we like to call it, an unprotected chair shot to the head. Now, let me try to describe that to you. Here's what I mean by that. Yes, it was just a chair shot to the head. That's simple enough to figure out. But normally, if you watch these chair shots, guys kind of put a hand up, you know, one or both of them, where, you know, their arms take the majority of the chair, but they sell it like they got cracked in the head. Cody didn't do any of that at all. He just took it directly in the head. Now, my opinion on this is I have absolutely no issue with that. If you're okay with doing that spot, everybody signs off on it. Everybody's good. I have no issue. That will always be my policy. I don't care how rough the spot is unless you might legitimately kill somebody. Uh, If you sign off on it, have at it. Cody's head got busted open. He started bleeding. Now, here's my problem with the whole situation. The Young Bucks went on a press conference and said that they gimmicked the chair, which means they kind of rigged the chair so it wouldn't get him as bad. If you're going to pull a spot that crazy, don't pull back the curtain and say we made it. We made it not as not as real. Don't do that. Don't cloud reality just because some of your Twitter followers are concerned. If you want to keep your, yourself alive and keep that, that magical ability that wrestling promotions have to make people forget about the real world when they walk into the arena, if you want to keep that alive, don't tell people you gimmicks chairs just because a couple of people tweeted and said that it was dangerous. Don't do that. Swallow your pride, bite the bullet, and act like it actually happened. But they just couldn't do it. Mm. Don't don't be afraid to offend people on Twitter. You know why? They're just people on Twitter. Okay? I, I will happily say that. That's what they are. I'm not saying I don't love the... I, look, all you guys who follow me, cool. Thanks for your support. I love you to death. I'll go back and forth with you. I'll have arguments with you. I'll like what you got. I'll retweet what you got. But if I have a choice of saying something to make my show better or saying something to make y'all feel better, I'm going to say something to make my show better. And they made a mistake. They should not have said they gimmicked the chair. Act like it was real. They should have walked up to that press conference like they had seen a ghost and said, holy crap, Cody has 12 stitches in his head and he might have a concussion. That's what they should have done. Instead, they were like, yeah, well, we did gimmick the chair. What? Come on. Don't do, no, don't do that. Ugh. Anyway, then after that, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega teamed up to face Phoenix, Laredo, and Pentagon Jr., I gave that an 8 out of 10. One of the better matches of the night. Crazy spots. Love the tag team action in AEW. By the way, I gave Cody versus Darby Allen a 7 out of 10. 
You know why? Because this isn't sustainable. And I'm not talking about the health of the wrestlers. I just mean this 100% to the wall all the time style. Just stop burning it out, man. You got to network to keep some of it under wraps, please. And, and it just, it got to be too much at certain points. Like, man, just wrestle for a bit. <laughs> got to be too much for some, at some points. And then in the main event, John Moxley faced Joey Janela. I gave them an 8 out of 10. It was basically a half-death match. And I'll go into a little more detail about that. I will. I will. Well, before I step away, please check out Pro-Am Belts. We got a promo code, 15% off your own custom belt. It's TBT15 off. That's TBT15 off. These guys make great stuff. They made us our own belt, the Turnbuckle Topics Championship. The thing looks awesome. You get great, great shipping. It comes to you faster than you would think. They make a great product. That's Pro-Am Belts. Follow them on Twitter. Check out their website. And our promo code for 15% off your own belt is TBT15 off. Now you can respond to me. Give me a call. 410-481-1300. My phone lines are open. That is 410-481-1300. When I come back, I will discuss the main event of Fighter Fest. And please, hopefully some of you are on the line to talk about the chair shot heard around the world. Stick around. It's going to be fun. Eastbound on 100, traffic is still crawling from 95 to Arundel Mills Boulevard due to some road work above Baltimore on the inner loop. Stop and go because of a five-vehicle collision at Providence Road, shutting down two left traffic lanes and a left shoulder. Traffic is crawling beginning at the Harrisburg Expressway. Slow-moving north in both of the tunnels, packed westbound on 70, past 29. It looks like 97 has pretty much cleared out. Smooth sailing in either direction from 50 to 695. With your traffic, I'm Nathan Scott on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Offer now valid in all states or where prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Need some extra cash today? Do you have bad credit or maxed out credit cards? If so, turn your radio up. 45cash.com is one of the nation's largest personal loan networks with over 50 different lenders. Now you can get a personal loan for up to $5,000 with any type of credit discreetly from your computer or smartphone and with no paperwork to send in. That's right. No paperwork whatsoever. Your cash can hit your bank account as soon as tomorrow as our lenders have millions of dollars to lend regardless of your credit history. Just have a checking account and a regular source of income. Go to 45cash.com and you can get the loan you need now regardless of your credit. Go to 45cash.com from your smartphone or computer to get the cash you need. Visit 45cash.com. Type www.45cash.com directly into the address bar. That's 45cash.com. 45cash.com. Every Monday night from 6 to 7, it's the top of the rope wrestling show on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, once again, here's the enforcer, Kilkuda Jr. Welcome back to Top of the Rope. My phone lines are open. Give me a shout, 410-481-1300. I got Thomas with me first. Thomas, what's happening, man? So apparently uh, it was 21 staples that were put in his head. Oh, oh, 21. Okay, all right. My mistake. Yes, 21. And then are they try- I just need your opinion. Are they trying to see where the audience is going, where they want it more ECW-ish, or they're trying to get it kid-friendly, and I'll, I'll listen offline? All right, man. Thanks for the call. I, I, I don't know if it's really more ECW. I think, I guess I should say for the counterculture type argument, the the hardcore fan base draw, yes. I think they want to be able to encapsulate that because I think they're trying to do what nobody's been able to do before. And that is with only one product to put out, be able to take the hardcore fan base and the quote-unquote regular fan base. I think they want to do both of it, but it will be centric to the hardcore fan base because they know those people won't leave. And that's that, that's a pretty smart way to go about it. If you keep the fan base that you know won't go away and then try to get other fans, it it might work for you. So I think that might be it. But I, I think the culture of it should be very ECW. I think that's what they're going for. But as far as how they wrestle the matches, I, I don't know. I'm not saying it can't work. 
because there are plenty of fans who would like to see an ECW type promotion or even a match uh, a, a promotion that does matches like that on a fairly regular basis. I don't think I think it would work very well. It's just in the age of social media ruling wrestling and how opinions flow and how the fan base has no idea what they want. And here's what I mean by that, by having no idea what they want, is everybody claims they want the hardcore wrestling and then just as many people, after they see an unprotected chair shot to the head, they think it's too much. <laughs> so it, there's, I'm not saying there's a tough line to walk. It's There isn't a line to walk yet. People don't know what the dividing line is yet. They don't. So, all right, now I got Keith with me. Keith, what's happening, man? Hi. How you doing, Gil? Yeah, good to hear from you again, man. What's on your mind? Yes. Listen, first I want to touch on ROH, best in the world. I enjoyed it. I do feel that the Kenny King, Jay Lethal match was match of the night. Oh, well, that's, well, you know, as I always say, Kenny King, friend of the show. Uh, yeah. He's, no, I mean, he's, he, why he's not somehow in the world title picture, I'm not really sure yet. So, yeah, I'm I'm not really sure, but yeah, no, they the, those two did awesome for for each other. That's uh, it was a good look for for ROH, especially being there in person. Yeah, it it, it was pretty yeah, cool. And I, and I enjoyed it, and I was surprised that there were so many empty seats. I mean, really, I was expecting to be uh, a, a better turnout at the field house, but uh, you know, ROH. I know they've had some some public relations issues, but maybe next time. But the, the fans who were there, all of us, uh, we enjoyed the show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, it's, it's a shame. I wish I knew you were there. I would have come and found you or something. But yeah, um, yes, we. Can do it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I wish I would, but no. I, I mean, as far as to that, I'm I'm curious because if you hung around until after the show was over, they after the Matt Taven Jeff Cobb match, Matt Taven addressed the crowd, and he did something very interesting. And this didn't happen on the air, but I'm gonna I'm gonna comment on it. He effectively acknowledged that they're going through a rough period. He kind of yeah. indirectly said, "Yeah, we know the elite left, and we know we don't have the greatest look to everybody right now." He 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 kind of acknowledged. He kind of took the reins as world champ, whether he was instructed to or not. And acknowledged it. It was a very interesting move to me. Now, I know it wasn't on the air or anything. You only heard it if you were there in person. But I just found it interesting that that was the avenue he or the company, whoever made that decision, decided to take is to actually acknowledge it. I I was kind of surprised at that because both you, I, and everybody listening knows the WWE would just act like those guys never existed and move on. So it it was very interesting to see them take that angle on it. Yes. It was a very good PR move, and you know Matt Taven has come a long way. I yeah, mean, he has. A short period of time. Yeah, I, I, I still don't like him, but <laughs> but he's come a long way. <laughs> yes, he has. Now shifting gear, uh, on to the most controversial thing of the weekend. Now, yes. as far as the unprotected chair shot, uh, I know you said as long as it's signed off on, it's okay. But I think the way the majority of us fans and wrestling analysts see it is that we have to look out for these guys health and well-being i mean whether it was a gimmick chair whether it was uh real you've got to look out for you know with all the cte scares and the concussions and so forth you you know i understand the hardcore nature of it and wanting to go back to the ecw era but we have to look at these guys health they will not be wrestling all their lives they need to be able to function yeah, no, no, I, I'm no, I won't disagree with you there at all. I'm totally on on just my my response to that is if he's going to take one chair shot like that every two and a half years, then fine. If if they're going to do oh, yeah. if they're going to do a spot like that once every you know three blue moons, then yeah. But if this is going to be a regular thing, then yes, I'm I agree with you. That is not a smart way to go about it. But if it's a one time spot, every, you know. That's a a very a very rare thing, just for the sake of effect. Then yeah, uh, th- then I don't really have a problem with it. But yeah, if if every Wednesday night on TNT guys are taking headshots with chairs, not putting their hands up, then yeah, you you might have a problem on your hands. Yeah, right. So you and I seem to agree on that. Yeah, yeah. let's see if it's a one off. You know, because it did look very brutal. It really did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, there wasn't any. Yeah, didn't need to sell that one. Yeah, that was no, right. that, that was that was straightforward. That's for sure. So yeah, that's well, uh, I hear you there. 
Yes, well, good talking to you, Gil, and I'll talk to you again next week and keep up the good work. All right, Keith. Thanks, man. There's Keith. Right. A, there's Keith. Uh, is working his way towards regular caller. And speaking of regular callers, Wes. Hey, hey, hey. What's how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. So listen, I gotta say from jump, I did not go to the show. I was working, so I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But the, I guess the two most important things, I guess, that people got from it was Cody's headshot. Actually, Cody in general, because you were talking about it earlier. He didn't the way the match ended. Like I feel like he should have either put himself over or put the other guy over. Yeah, no, I I don't think it helped anybody for a time limit draw. I I understand what they were going for. I think they were kind of trying to tribute things mm-hmm. and just trying to show, you know, look at this ridiculous struggle these two guys put themselves through, and then there's no but, result. It's also an, an easy way to say they might not be done. But, but he's Cody Rose. He shouldn't yeah. be struggling. No, I don't know the other guy, mm-hmm. but you should be struggling with this other guy. Well, yeah, no, I, 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 I do like the the even playing field booking that they take, where it seems as if it doesn't really matter who's wrestling who. Pretty much, right. everybody's got a chance against everybody. Now, I am with you. There are certain cases where it doesn't, where there, where they shouldn't be. You're right; it shouldn't really be. Now, as somebody who knows a lot more about about uh, Allen, who he faced. Okay. I, I can, from one wrestling fan to another, I can assure you, this guy has built himself a reputation around the world where he, he deserved to be neck and neck with Cody in this match. I, okay. I will say that. But other than that, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Sometimes there needs to be a little bit more of a clear denomination of power, so to speak. Okay. And that really doesn't exist in AEW yet. Well, it's kind of, everything's up in that. the air, it's, unless you're Hangman Page, then you're going to win. Other than that, <laughs> pretty much everything's so, up in the air. So would you see, I guess, once they get the show started and everything, maybe Cody having a storyline, like he's going crazy with power, like he becomes like a uh, mini Triple H or like a uh, mini Jeff Jarrett where you put yourself over a lot and I, other guys are like, hey, like, oh, hold up. I, like, I would not be surprised if that was the case. However, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that would happen with a, with a member of the elite. With a member right. of the elite, One I don't think it necessarily has to be him. I think a better way to book that would be to make it, to make all signs point to Cody, like this guy is putting himself over just because he's in that position. Just right. exactly what you said, and then it turns out that it wasn't him; it was somebody uh, else. It was uh, Kenny Omega, or uh, it was okay. Shocker Hangman Page, or something. Something uh, like okay. that would be pretty cool. And if they do end up end up doing that with Cody, I don't think that because. It's been so publicized, the possibility of them booking themselves just because right. they run it. There's no way you can't make an angle out of that with somebody. Maybe they'll do it in the tag team division with the Bucks or something. That would be kind of cool. But so Somebody has to go crazy with power. Oh, somebody, yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Absolutely. So, so another question is, and I'm going to call him, by, I guess, by his given name, Mr. Sean Spears. Is uh-huh. he more famous for, for the chair shot on Cody, for being Todd Dillinger, or for being Mr. Iconic Peyton Royce's boyfriend. <laughs> um, I'm I'm going to take one of the things you said and then add in a fourth of my own. Okay. He is famous for the chair shot on Cody All and right. for being the backstage assistant that Shawn Michaels sweet chin musicked years ago. <laughs> for being way? Stan, yes. That's what he's famous for. He's famous for being, uh, I just yeah. kicked Stan. He's famous for being Stan. And he's famous I'll for hitting Cody in the head with a chair. Um, if he's, uh, if he's yeah. Peyton Royce's boyfriend, good for him, good for her. And honestly, the Ty Dillinger, it's, I'm really happy you brought this up. I've been talking about this with my whole network for the past 48 hours. We've been discussing it. I don't really think he got over. I think the Perfect 10 gimmick got over. That's what we, we think. The, 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 I, I understand they didn't give him that good of a shot. The biggest match he really had on NXT was when he went up against Bobby Roode because they were two Canadian guys in Toronto. Right, right. And he didn't go over, so that didn't help him. And then his big moment was when he came out in the Rumble at number 10. And But there was another wrestler uh-huh. on Twitter who said it very astutely after he came out as 10 in the Rumble. He said, so Dillinger came out as 10 in the Rumble. That's his whole gimmick. 
what do you do after that? And I didn't think that really held water at the time. But with hindsight, he was exactly right. There was nothing else for you to do with him after that. He could have did something like, I guess, maybe like what Big E did. Like, I need a 10 count. Okay. I just knock these guys out. Or my matches are like the perfect 10. Like, you can't criticize. I don't know, but I feel like they should have gave him a little bit more than they did. No, I, I agree. I think he could have I think he could have used a little bit of a push, uh, but at the same time, I do think he had trouble getting over. I mean, even the sanity angle, I mean, he did, oh, he, he, oh. he did okay in it, but he didn't, it just didn't get over like it was to, I, I mean, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. but if it wasn't him and it was maybe uh, well, I don't want to bring up somebody who's who's that. Let's say Montez Ford was a singles wrestler. Yeah. If it was him instead of Dillinger, that would have gotten over three times as well because Ford would have sold it fantastically. Right. He, I just don't think he sold it that well. So I, I'm excited for him because it looks like he's going to get put in a really big spot. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen with him. But I, I just he hasn't proven he can get as over to me as – Usual. I mean, people like to throw up both hands and yell ten, but I don't. I, that, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, me too. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't know if that's him or just the gimmick. Well, I don't know how many shows they have left until they, I guess, come on TV. But I guess well, that's something they, they could count. It's because they're being very smart and they're not giving us uh, an, a date as to when they're going to be on TV. So right. that's they, they kind of want to surprise us with that one. So uh, I know the next one is on July 13th, uh, the fight for the fallen. So um, something will probably happen with that. Uh, so okay. we all got to keep our eyes on social media because that's really the only way they can promote themselves right now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I have a confession before I go. All right. Jump into, jump into SmackDown real quick. All right. I must confess that was me who knocked on Alistair's door. <laughs> everybody knows. It was Wes. Wes yeah, knocked on Alistair's door, and then hopefully you did the smart thing like I did and immediately run to the next state. Uh, yeah, me and Xavier. Yeah. <laughs> always mess with, with Zelina. So. All, All right. right. All, All right, Wes. Thanks I'll for calling talk to you in. Next week. All right, man. Bye. Well, guys, the mystery is solved. It was Wes who knocked on Alistair's door. We were all wondering. Turns out it was him. <laughs> I'm just glad somebody knocked. I got to tell you. And I'll, I'll, uh, next segment is when I'll get to that. But yeah, um, I just feel like, you know, now I can get to the main event just a tad. John Moxley and Joey Janela. I called it a half a death match. And here's why I called it that. Because it was an unsanctioned match. But it wasn't a death match. Because they wrestled a lot. And they did crazy spots. A lot of barbed wire covered tables and stuff. It was, it was pretty nuts. Um, also, I, I I'm, I'm going to call out my 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 super producer Nick real quick. And while I was talking to one of my callers, I saw he watched the chair shot that Cody took, and his reaction was just fantastic. He just had this look on his face, just oh oh yeah. Well, no, Spears clocked him really good. So I'm not I'm not surprised at all. But no, it's I think AEW did very well with this show and believe it or not it is a positive that this show was not an 11 out of 10 like double or nothing was. It is a positive that it's not because if every pay-per-view was an 11 out of 10, their bar would be so high when they started getting regular exposure that there's no way people would say there there is good. <coughs> even, excuse me, even when even in the first couple weeks of it and everything, when the anti-WWE sediment would still be high. Because we all know that's what's gonna happen. There's gonna be a good portion of wrestling Twitter when AEW starts its network deal, where it doesn't matter what AEW does, they're gonna say it's better than WWE. You know that's gonna happen. And I and that's okay. That's fine. You can have whatever opinion you want. But remember, WWE has brought out the big guns for the new Fox deal. And yes, that is my opinion. It is for the deal with the giant TV network that gave them a half a billion dollars. It is not because of the promotion started by five wrestlers. I'm not saying WWE isn't worried about AEW. I'm not saying they don't consider them competition because I'm sure they do and they should. But the reason you bring in Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman to run your biggest shows. Well, I guess I should say bring in Bischoff and sort of rebrand Heyman because he was already working with the company. Is because when you sign a giant contract with 
effectively maybe the biggest TV network in the world. Big names like that really help you. And there are reports. There's one report that says, you know, because everybody knows by now, Heyman's going to run, you know, Raw, Bischoff's going to run SmackDown. And there are some reports that say Triple H might take a step back and just run NXT. I'm okay with all three of those things. Here's what I'm not okay with. Mike and Tony from Champions Advantage, please give me a thumbs up on this on Twitter. They say they might cancel 205 Live. It's It's a travesty. I am not happy with this. Why would you cancel it? It's some of the best wrestling you can watch right now. Come on. And here's what I'm worried about. If they do, where are those guys going to end up and are they actually going to get used? Man. Mm, just save 205, please. Save, save, save 205. All right. Make sure you check out Pro-Am Belts. Go out on their website, proambelts.com. Follow them on Twitter. And use our promo code. TBT 15 off to get 15% off your own custom belt because they do good work. Trust me, we have proof. All right, when I come back, I'm going to go more in depth about ROH Best in the World that I talked about with Keith. I'm going to talk about what happened in New Japan recently. He'll, he'll turn news. Well, actually, it's the face turn. Sorry. Face turn news. And then maybe what might happen tonight on Raw. Stick around. It's going to be fun. Check out my new time machine. Does it work? Hit the button. Hey, it's Napoleon. Oui. Check out the future. Hey, you have a nice house. Why don't I? You didn't save any money, buddy. If only there was a way I could go back in time and fix that. Yeah. Save something for the future. Put away a few bucks. Feel like a million bucks. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Dave. What are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037, so he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. Something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve2037? I guess I was thinking Steve2037 would just fend for himself. Well, all right. But don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots. You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Hey, let's just hope Steve2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Baltimore's only radio station that covers national sports 24-7, 365 days a year. Baltimore CBS Sports Radio 1300. This is Top of the Road. Every Monday night from 6 to 7 on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, give it up for the enforcer, Kill Kuna Jr. Welcome back. Now I get to describe the other half of the title of my show. Because this week's show is called AEW Thrillin' and Flip the Villain. Most of you know what Flip the Villain means. By the way, I just want to say this before I get into this because I'm about to talk about best in the world anyway. Uh, you know, and I, I got my phone line shut. Thank you guys for calling in. But Keith, who called in, I'm pretty sure I was sitting directly behind you at best in the world. I, I, I believe it or not, I was. I, I believe I believe that's who you are. I think I actually have met you, and I, we didn't even realize it. So I'm just letting you know. I'm pretty sure that's who it was. If you remember the dude with the beard and long hair that sat behind you, yes, that's me. Just letting you know. But as far as best in the world went, um, hmm, how, how do I phrase this? It was a better show than Fighter Fest. Yes, it was. So me. So let's go over the card real fast. Don't worry, I'll kind of speed read this thing. We had Dragon Lee take on Dalton Castle because I got to say, Dalton Castle. He's still the man. He's awesome. And I'm pretty sure me, Ron, and Linz are on his video blog. 
He insulted one of our shirts as he walked past us. I'm pretty sure we are. We're on Dalton's video vlog. I'm pretty sure we are. And he faced off against Dragon Lee. They had an awesome match. I give it an 8 out of 10. And it was really cool because the way Castle finished it was by doing Dragon Lee's brother's finisher. Now, Dragon Lee's brother is, he goes by Roosh. It's spelled like Rush, R-U-S, R-U-S-H, but he goes by Roosh. And Roosh has been feuding with Castle for a little while. So Castle is sort of coming after Roosh by going after his brother. He's like, you're going to pay with your family and that stuff. And Castle beat Dragon Lee with Roosh's finisher. It was a pretty cool idea. They had an awesome match. Castle, if he's healthy, man, he is a top quality type wrestler. He was ROH champ for a reason. It's a shame he had to give it up because he was hurt. I wouldn't be surprised if you see it on him again in the near future. There, and by the way, I'm not going in the order these matches happened, necessarily. Then there was Flip Gordon, who took on Roosh himself. That was a 9 out of 10 match. That was, an, that was absolutely awesome. Roosh is a one-of-a-kind talent. Flip Gordon has everything going for him. And don't worry, Flip will come back later in the review in a very big moment. But dude, Roosh, man, give him a TV title shot against Shane Taylor. Please. I'm so tired of Shane Taylor as champion. Just give Roosh a shot. If Roosh wins it, it will be so good for the belt and for him. Then we had a women's tag team match where it was booked as Mandy Leone and Angelina Love versus the Women of Honor champion Kelly Klein and Jenny Rose. Now, all of those women were in the match and Velvet Sky was ringside with Mandy Leone and and Angelina Love. So everyone who was supposed to be there showed up. But here's why I'm doing this weird explanation. Because if you were there or you watched the show and you saw the match, here's what the match really was. It was Kelly Klein showing why she was the Women of Honor champion. Angelina Love carrying the majority of the match on her back. And then Mandy Leone and Jenny Rose occasionally getting in the ring while Velvet Sky was being a distraction. That's what this really was. So here's how I rated it. It was a 7 out of 10 overall, but it was a 9 out of 10 for Angelina Love. Because Angelina and Mandy Leone won the match, but Angelina did so much legwork in that match. She basically carried her partner the whole time, and Kelly Klein did most of the legwork in that match either. Now, I have nothing against Mandy Leone. I have nothing against Jenny Rose, but that was basically a singles match. I'm just being honest. So 7 out of 10, 9 out of 10 for Angelina. And Kelly Klein gets a 9 out of 10 as well. She's a Women of Honor champion. She should be. She's the gatekeeper. Give her a due, man. Then Kenny King faced Jay Lethal. Or as I like to say, Kenny K-I-N-G King. And he got the win and the end of their best of three series. Ask anyone in Turnbuckle Topics. I'm a huge Kenny King fan. Friend of the show. (laughs) No, because Kenny did my show once. So that's why I say that, friend of the show. And that match was a 9 out of 10, if not a 10 out of 10. That thing was awesome. Those two brought it. No weapons, nothing unnecessary. Awesome stuff. And they could keep feuding for the rest of the year for all I care. Those two are just unreal wrestlers. And I like how they booked it. I like the best of three. I like how it worked because... Jay Lethal is one of the greatest wrestlers the world has ever seen. I, I'm more than happy to say that, but he doesn't need to go over on anybody. Kenny King needed this. Jay understood that, and he gave him everything he had. It was, it was awesome to see. Great match. That might have been match of the night. Then we had us a tag team contest where the Briscoes took on Nick Aldis and Eli Drake. By the way, if you check my Twitter, you see the picture I took with the Usos. Based on facial hair, you would think we're related. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. The crazy boys from Sandy Fork. I was nice enough to, to get to meet those guys. Couldn't have, Then it could have been cooler. Well, nobody won this match because it ended in a double countout. Now, Nick Aldis was originally supposed to team up with Colt Cabana, but Colt Cabana has a bad wheel. He actually has to walk with a cane. He's hurt so bad right now. So he had to find a partner. Who was his partner? The newest signee to NWA. Eli Drake, as he puts himself. And Eli shook off the rust for 20 minutes, but then he got himself right, and they had a pretty good match. And in the double countout, James Storm, who came out earlier in the pay-per-view, who everyone thought was Nick Aldis's partner, turns out he wasn't Nick Aldis's partner. Eli Drake was. 
But James Storm came out, went after Eli Drake. That caused, you know, the double count because nobody got in the ring. But the Briscoes got the last laugh because Chicken, as they call him, um, he wrestles as Mark Briscoe, but us fans call him Chicken sometimes. Chicken went up for the froggy bow through a table through Nick, uh, on Nick Aldis. Great finish. And I got to be honest, it, 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 was, it, it was cool to see that the Briscoes had their own section they had the Sandy Fork section, the Sandy Fork Delaware section. That was pretty cool. See, this is why I like the Briscoes because they're they're not playing characters. They're just them. They're just two crazed chicken farmers from Delaware. Like that's what they are. There's no. They're not acting. <laughs> just they just walk out there and beat you up. It's 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 pretty cool. Then Silas Young faced. Oh, by the way, I'll give that match an eight out of ten. Very well done. Silas Young faced Jonathan Gresham in what was called a pure rules match. Okay, now let me tell you what a pure rules match is. The rules were you get three rope breaks and then after your third, they're all used up. You don't get rope breaks anymore. And if you use a closed fist on somebody, you get a warning. And if you do it again, you get disqualified. Pretty simple stuff. Well, they wrestled pretty well. It really didn't go over like it should have. And how did it end with Jonathan Gresham using anything but pure rules by hitting a low blow while the ref had his back turned? Now, why is that a surprise? Because Gresham is in no way the heel in this match. (laughs) That's why it was a surprise. The face used a low blow to beat the heel. It was a really weird moment. But anyway, uh, I give that a 7 out of 10. It wasn't a bad match, but I, it was. It just didn't really get all the way over with me. It was very interesting. Very technically based, which I never have a problem with. But they really had to sell the rules thing, and it worked, kind of. It just didn't get as over with me as I, as I thought it would. Then the ROH TV title, Shane Taylor defended against Bandido. One of the most well-masked men in wrestling. He is a l- classic... Luchador, where he wears a mask while he wrestles, and he has one of the coolest masks going right now. And Bandito should have won that title. He should have. For two reasons. One, I think he had a better match. I'm sorry, three reasons. I'll add another one. One, I think he had a better match. Two, I think he was ready for the title. And three, because in the middle of the match, when he got thrown into the crowd by Shane Taylor, he high-fived a small child. Give the dude a belt. Come on. (laughs) So, anyway... Uh, but he didn't. Shane Taylor retained, unfortunately for me as a fan, and unfortunately for most of the people in the crowd. A lot of people wanted to see Bandito go over, but he didn't. Hey, great match anyway. Did great stuff for himself. 9 out of 10 match overall. Because Shane Taylor is no slouch in the ring. Let, let me make that clear. Shane Taylor can wrestle his... He, he can wrestle his rear off, man. He's awesome. But I, I just I just don't like him. Like, it's just, I just don't like his character. I just don't dig him. So I, but anyway, he, he retains. Then the ROH six man tag team titles were on the line where villain enterprises, whoop, whoop, which is Marty Skrull, PCO, who isn't human, and Brody King took on Mark Haskins, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, and PJ Black. Now, here's how this went. Awesome match, nine out of 10 crazy spots pco really is not human the man is 51 years old doing spots off the top rope on top of two guys at once the man is not human okay let's just be honest marty looked great brody king always delivers also when brody king does a knife edge chest chop on someone you can hear it reverberate their rib cage he chops you so hard it's just nuts anyway they retain their titles Heck of a match. Uh, Linz was ready to fight someone in the crowd because he kept yelling that Marty sucked. Um, (laughs) And by the way, this dude in the crowd was in no way an original. Let me just make that clear. You came to an ROH show in a Seth Rollins tank top and you decided, I'm going to be the guy who's nine beers deep that doesn't like anybody. You're you're not even an original, man. Like, just find a different gimmick. It's not what you couldn't get over. Anyway. That was a heck of a match. And then after the match happened, the Sons of Savagery showed up, which was really cool to see them debut. These this young tag team, these, these, these two young African-American guys who have so much potential. They came out of nowhere, and they went after Hot Sauce Tracy Williams and Mark Haskins, who are members of Lifeblood. 
just like PJ Black, because that's what they are. They're lifeblood, effectively. And then Bully Ray came out to give the Sons of Savagery some help. But then once the numbers were even, they left. And then Flip Gordon came out to help them against Bully Ray, because Flip and Bully, they've been feuding for like a year. And then Flip gets a Lifeblood t-shirt. Oh, Flip is the fourth member of Lifeblood. This is cool. Great. And then Marty Skrull pops up on the Tron. And he says, I'm going to reveal the fourth member of Villain Enterprises. And the camera turns, and it's Flip Gordon. And then I went deaf because of how loud Lynn screamed in my ear. <laughs> it was cool to see her go so nuts, though. It really was. It was an awesome moment to see. So the fourth member of Villain Enterprises has been found, and it is Flip Gordon. And I think the reason they found a fourth member is for this reason. I think the six-man titles are going to be transferred from Marty, PCO, and Brody to flip PCO and Brody so Marty can go after the big one like he should because they need to get that title around his waist. Look, I agree with Keith and Wes, whoever said it. I believe it was Keith who said it. Matt Taven has come a long way. He is... After last night, I think he's just about world championship material. He hasn't gotten all the way there for me personally yet, but he has come a long way. He is a great flag bearer for the company. He, he, he made a good PR move with the promo we cut after the show. Trust me. Trust me. that he, He's right for the spot. But if you want to bring things back, you put that title on Marty and you see how things unfold. Then there was the main event where Matt Taven defended his Ring of Honor title against Jeff Cobb in a main event that was a lot shorter than expected. Seriously, it ended, and everyone was like, wait, what? That was it? It was like 12 minutes. We didn't see that coming. Wait, what? All right. And Matt Taven defended, uh, was not thrilled about it, but at the same time, I I don't think Jeff Cobb is... I'm not going to say he's not ready to be a world champion, but it wouldn't fit right now in ROH. It's just not really what they need. And because they're in a transitional period, even like Matt Taven mentioned after the show, it it kind of helps to have consistency with the world title for the moment. I, I, I think it does. So I, I kind of I understand the move. I gave that match a seven out of ten. And it was but it was interesting to hear them acknowledge that they were going through a transition. So in my last minute, for those of you who don't know, Robbie Eagles has betrayed the Bullet Club and joined Chaos in New Japan. What? But it happened. Tony's favorite cornhole partner is no longer Bullet Club. He is now Chaos. Other than that, tonight on Monday Night Raw, the first Raw under Paul Heyman's tutelage. I am so curious about how it's going to go. Samoa Joe is, I'm sorry, Samoa Joe and Kofi, their storyline might get advanced. Roman and Undertaker might be together tonight. Rollins and Lynch face off against Evans and Corbin in some way. Styles and Ricochet might advance. And then the big match that's advertised is a false count anywhere between Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. I don't care if it's the millionth time. They'll probably make it look like a million dollars. All right. Unfortunately for me, I got to get out of here. It has been fun. Thank you for you guys who called in. Can't wait to come back next week. Remember, follow everybody on Turbuckle Topics. All of us. There's a lot of us. Follow all of us, especially the network. All right, you guys. It's been fun wrestling with you. I'm out of here. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I'm a veteran. We hit a mine in Vietnam. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. My victory's been never giving up hope. DAV helps veterans of every generation get the benefits they've earned. I finally admitted, with my PTSD, I wasn't doing well. So veterans can reach victories, great and small. Now I wish I'd found DAV sooner. My victory is just enjoying each day. Support more victories for veterans. 
go to DAV.org. Deanna got some really bad news from the IRS. They said you owe quite a bit of money. She didn't have that kind of money. I was in a state of despair. And when she called, all she got were threats. Garnishing my wages, taking my house, taking my car. I didn't know if I was going to make it. Thankfully, Deanna found out about Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, they've resolved over a half billion dollars for their clients. Optima went right to work for Deanna. Optima Tax negotiated everything. I did not have to worry. They talked to the IRS. Needless to say, she was relieved. Optima Tax saved my life. Do what Deanna did. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. The preceding was a paid program, and the views expressed on this show do not represent the views of WJZ AM, Intercom Communications, its sponsors, or affiliates. CBS Sports Radio 1300 is WJZ AM Baltimore, WJZ FM HD3, Cajunsville, Baltimore. Your home for Maryland Terrapin Sports and live sports talk around the clock.